listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Love cannot remain by itself. It has no meaning. Love has to be put into action, and that action is service. Whatever form we are, able or disabled, rich or poor, it is not how much we do, but how much love we put in the doing. A lifelong sharing of love with others. Good morning, everyone. Today is Trinity Sunday. At least in parts of the church, it's celebrated as such. It's not an ancient holiday, it's something that's more recent, but it's something worth celebrating. We do say that we believe in the Trinity, that we understand that God is revealed to us as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. In one of the ancient creeds of the church, the Nicene Creed, as it talks about Jesus, it says that he was begotten but not made, true God of true God, light of light. We understand that the Divine Son has always been the Son, and the Father has always been the Father. And the Spirit of their relationship is the Holy Spirit, and that the Spirit and the Son and the Father have always been. And our text for today was the creation story out of Genesis. And one of the things that I want you to realize is that Heaven is not just simply some place where God lives and God created the earth. But in the beginning, or maybe even before the beginning, when there was only God, God was Father, Son, and Spirit. And God created all of reality, both the physical part of reality, which we think of as earth, and the spiritual part of reality, which we think of as heaven. And all of that reality, as we were saying last week, overlaps and interlocks. But we can say a few things about God prior to creation. We know that there's been this kind of internal relationship between the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. That the Father has always loved the Son, and the Son has always loved the Spirit. And, and the, the Son has always loved the Father. And that the Father and Son have always loved the Spirit. And, and back and forth, there's this, this ever sense of eternal loving and giving and, and community. And it's that that we want to reflect this summer. As we come into this kind of post-Pentecost season this summer, we've titled our Sunday services, Love and Be Loved. And we're doing so because that's exactly who God is and what God does. And it's who we are to be as God's creations and as God's children. You see, the creed says we believe in God the Father, maker or creator of heaven and earth. But as we see in Scripture, that it's not just the Father that's part of creation. In John uh, chapter 1 Verses like 1, 2, and 3, it's like, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
And then in verse 3, it says, And through him, through the word, everything was created. And then later we find out that that word is none other than Jesus, the Christ, who is full of grace and truth. Paul will say similar things in Colossians. He'll, he'll talk about Christ as being the one in whom and through whom all things were created and all things are sustained. And in our scripture passage uh, this morning from Genesis, it talks about the spirit, the very breath of God, the very wind of God hovering over creation so that the spirit and the son and the father are all active in creation. In fact, in, in the book of Revelation, when, when John, the revelator, has this vision of the throne room, everything is worshiping God. Everything in earth, everything in heaven, everything in the seas, everything in creation is giving worship to God. And it says in Revelation chapter 4 that God is being worshiped because God is creator. And so it's, it's, it's worthy for, it's a worthy uh, topic for us to reflect on about God and God's creation. You see, God didn't create because God needed to create. God didn't create because he was lonely. God didn't create because um, he was lacking anything. But rather, God created out of abundance of love. Again, the Apostle Paul will tell us that God is love. And we understand that, that God's love is a love that the Father has for the Son and vice versa, the Son for the Father. And so at the very essence of who God is, is this creative love. And that's what we, that's what created us. And that's what we are now kind of called to participate in, that we too, because we are loved, might, might also love, and that that might create new things, new relationships. This kind of creation poem, as, as I see it in Genesis 1, kind of shows us so many things. And as an ancient story of creation, it, you, we can really see how it was kind of set uh, kind of up against other stories of creation. So in Genesis chapter 1, it tells the story of creation taking place in seven days, or technically uh, maybe, maybe six days, because on the seventh day, God rests. But those, those first six days are told in a, in a poem, really. It's a form of Hebrew parallelism. Like you can see that on day one, God created light, and he separated the light and the darkness, and that was the first day. And on day two, God created uh, from the waters the sky, and he kind of separates the water from the sky, and that was the second day. And on day three, God creates the land, kind of separating the waters from the land, and that was the third day. And so we have this little cadence of, of those first three days. But the next three days, days four, five, and six, then repeat those ideas. You can see how day one parallels with day four. On day one, light and darkness are created. And on day, on day four, we see the sun and the moon. 
and how that can separate the, the night from the day. And on day five, we can see the creation of, of fish and all those things that live in the waters and the seas from the birds and all those things that live in the air. So you see how day six corresponds with day two. And then lastly, on, on excuse me, day five corresponds with day two. And then lastly, day six, you see the creation of, of animals and you see how that kind of corresponds to, to day three. Those which, things which live on the land, day three, are created in day six. And it's interesting, I think, and, and worthy of note, that humans were not created on a separate day unto themselves. But rather, humans, like other things that live on the land, are created on that sixth day. Now, I think we can say that, that humans are this kind of crowning piece of creation. And we can say that not just because we were created last in the story, but when we get to that part of the story, you hear God say, you know, let us create humans in our own image, in our own likeness. And then it says that, that God does so, and God creates humans, male and female, he creates them. And I think this is a really kind of important part of the story, that we are created in, in, the, in the image and the likeness of God. And that is something that's just innate to us, that we are, that we are image bearers of the divine. Now, sometimes I've heard that image of God described as the capacity to reason, that humans are at the kind of the top of the food chain because of our mental capacity. I mean, look what we can do. We can put someone on the moon and we can realize how atoms work and there's all sorts of things. Think of our, our cell phones and even this technology, right? But I don't think the image of God should be reduced to just this capacity for rationalism. I mean, that's, that's hardly the totality of the image of God. And there are plenty of us um, who kind of lack that capacity. So those who, those who have unique abilities those who might have been kind of labeled as somehow being uh, mentally disabled. They kind of lack that capacity, so would we say somehow they lack the image of God? I certainly wouldn't say that. And so whatever we say about the image of God, it has to be something that's reflected in all of humanity. If there's any segment of humanity that doesn't have this, this aspect that we think is what the image of God is, then that must not be what the image of God is. It has to be something that we all share. And sometimes, you know, we think of it in such individualistic uh, fashions. We think that, um, you know, I'm created in the image of God and you, you are created in the image of God. But in that, in that story in Genesis, it says that God created humans in his... Uh, own image, and he created them male and female, so that, that somewhere kind of across this spectrum of humanity, you have this reflection of the image of God, that the image of God is not so much reflected just in any one individual, so much as it is reflected in all of us. And the very fact 
that we bear the image of God has enormous implications for how we should treat one another. I mean, these are turbulent times. You don't need me to tell you that. And perhaps you have kind of all sorts of feelings about kind of what you're seeing in the news or what you're seeing in your social media feeds. And before you're quick to judge, I want you to hear this. Everybody's created in the image of God. And unless we are caring for everybody, we're not doing what we're called to do. Now, to be sure that we have not always lived up to this ideal. There are all sorts of folk who have been marginalized, who have been discriminated against. Um, and this happens along lots of certain lines. The obvious one to us these days is a matter of race. But race itself is a bit of a social construct. It's something, it's, a, it's kind of a false category. It's, it's something that we came up with as a way of categorizing uh, people. In fact, it's not something that's even been around, not in its contemporary terms, all that long. Four or five hundred years ago, people were identified by more so where they were from and what language they spoke and what culture they had and what religion they participated in and their music and their food. It wasn't until we kind of became a larger kind of global community that we started to draw these lines different ways. And we started to kind of use money and power to kind of marginalize uh, people groups. Ethnicity, which is a more kind of ancient form of religious demarcation or, or human demarcation, uh, ha has been around for quite a while, but not, not necessarily our contemporary concept of race. Now, there are, other, there are other things, of course, that we discriminate against too. We find ways to draw lines between us and them. We have national enemies. We have um, differences of opinion along the roles of gender, sexuality, all sorts of things, politics. But let me be a little prophetic today, pastorally prophetic. Every person who has ever been created has been created in the image of God. Every person you love, every person you've despised, every person that you think somehow it's justifiable that something has happened to them and those that you find that in, it's unjust what has happened to them. In the same way that I am created in the image of God, you are created in the image of God. People who hold different political opinions than you are created in the image of God. People who were born in different nations than we were are created in the image of God. And this image of God that we bear suggests 
this ultimate worth. We are all God's creation. God loves us all. And I would say that Jesus died for us all. I would say that we all, in some ways, have the spirit of God and that we have life. The ancient would say that to have life is, is to have the breath of God within you. And when, when that is leave, then you cease, then you die. So we really need to focus on this. This is the perfect time for us to do so. At the beginning of the year, when we already kind of planned for this post-Pentecost season to be on uh, titled Love and Be Loved, we didn't know then about the context that our nation would be in now. But I know this, that loving and being loved is quintessential to being Christian, that our God is love. Not our God is like love, not our God is similar to love, but that our God is love. And that is an eternal reality. That's how we understand the Trinity, or at least part of how we understand it. Again, that the Father has always loved the Son, that Son has always loved the Father. And, and that the Father and the Son have always loved the Spirit and vice versa, that the Spirit have loved the Father and the Son. And that that love has been poured out into the world. And we're going we're gonna to talk more about that next week even. As we talk about the outpouring of that love and as we continue our series on Love and Be Loved. So, I don't want you to hear this just as an, an admonishment. I'm, I'm, I'm not here to kind of preach at you. I'm, but I am here to say that this image of God that we all share says that all of us regardless of our abilities, regardless of our location, regardless of our education, regardless of our looks, what, regardless of, of anything, all of us bear the image of God. And I pray that we too can live in the likeness of God, and we do that by sharing our love, by forgiving one another, by overcoming our differences, by giving each other some latitude, by helping those who are hurting, by standing up for those who have suffered injustice. We show mercy, we show love. That's who we are, Oasis. And I pray that's who we always will be. I love you, and I'm praying for you. Amen. 
We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to support us, you can do so by subscribing wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can leave us a review on iTunes, and if you want to contribute to Oasis financially, you can go to oasischurch.org. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace. Amen.